All right, and we are back with Region 3. Um, let's start off with Bakersfield. Bakersfield, you know, two years ago, they won the championship. Uh, last year, they were going, they felt good. They had conference mate Fremont um, in the in the championship, and they fell just short. Um, you know, you got a guy like Israel Williams, you have to replace him. So how do you do that? How do you bring in the 5-7 class and uh, get Justin Becker? This team has just been... And then they also got Felipe Donato. So, uh, I mean, just an embarrassment of riches. These guys uh, have a lot of talent, and they're really, really good. <laughs> they're really, really good. Um, let's look what we got here for Bakersfield. Bakersfield is um, number eight in defensive three points allowed, number seven in true shooting, number five in defensive true shooting, number two in true shooting margin, number eight. And rebounding margin, number two in assists, number two in blocks, number five in turnovers, number two in points, number two in point margin. Um, and that is it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're really good. Uh, and they they get to go up against Laredo. Um, Laredo is interesting. I think a couple of years ago they had a really big run. They were, I think, a one or a two seed. And uh, they got upset in the first round. But Laredo's back. They're number three and three points um, allowed. And that's it for them. You know, they got some talent in their freshman class, uh, their junior and senior class. Uh, Thomas Rich, the junior, is the stud. Um, Paxton Williams, the freshman, he, he he's part of, a, part of a good class. And then you got Anthony Carroll, the shooting guard senior, 57% true shooting, 21 points per game. You know, he's got some talent, you know, um, but this Bakersfield team looks stacked. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you think, well, first on Laredo, first you think, you know, oh, 116 matchup, Bakersfield with so much recent success. But Laredo actually has the longer consecutive NTT streak of these oh. two teams. I think they've made seven straight. And Baker, Bakersfield has made four or five, I think I guess it's five straight now. Uh, so close, but still, you know, give some props to Laredo for that. They've consistently been in the NTT. As you mentioned, they were a high seed not too long ago, uh, finished 21 and three just two seasons ago. Didn't have a lot of success in the NTT, but you know, a team that has been on the national stage for a little while has that consensus top 10 junior class. Interesting to see one of those guys on NA, by the way. That's always surprising, Yeah. Um, especially for a team that's not completely loaded with talent around that. Although, you know, not totally bereft of it either. Uh, so, okay, that's maybe enough nice things to say about Laredo because they aren't going to win this game. Uh, Bakersfield is probably the best team in the country. Probably, you know, has been for three seasons running. You know, there's a debate this year for sure. It's not quite as obvious now that they don't have Israel Williams. Um, you know, I, I think that is a huge loss for them, despite how good Becker is. I mean, I, I was on Becker, very disappointed to, to lose him. Not that it was a surprise, given he was, what, a 5-5 tie. But to see him go to this team, just completely fill that hole that Becker, or excuse me, that Williams made. Um, but he, he, you know, he as a freshman is not as good as Williams was as a senior, or maybe even as Williams was as a freshman. Williams was a pretty special player. Um, but, you know, with that said, they just have a ton of talent around him. Great yeah. big guys. Hallenbeck and Alexander are both – Hallenbeck and Alexander, excuse me, are now both yeah. starting, whereas Hallenbeck uh, was on the bench. It's, it's kind of interesting to see how much the lineup has changed from last season 
because uh, they really only lost the one senior starter in Williams. You would think Becker would just come in and it would be exactly the same. But last year it was Donato at the two, Johnson at the three. That has flipped. And it was Will Cochran starting at power forward. All those guys are back, but Cochran is now on the bench and Helen Beck has, Helen Beck has come in. Um, he's a guy who was discussed on the message board since he was like a freshman in high school because uh, of the post that Coach Blue made about the Glendale senior center who was better than this yeah. guy. Uh, so, you know, we've known about him for so long. I guess it was only a matter of time before he would start. But I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a little impressed that Coach Hawkeye would move around the starting lineup this much given how much success they had uh, with the previous lineup, uh, you know, and certainly this lineup hasn't been any worse, really. They have only one single digit win all season, one curious loss earlier in the year to Fargo, a team I think they play every season in the regular season week one, um, or at least have for a few seasons now. Fargo ended up with a disappointing year, nine and nine right now, yeah. out of the NTT. Uh, but they are really going to be a force to be reckoned with for the third straight season. And like I said, uh, despite the fact that they will play a talented 16 seed, I'm guessing they're not too scared. Yeah, I wouldn't be. And it's really interesting, you know, like, man, that, you know, that takes some cojones to yeah. Will Cochran, you know, after year eight. Yeah, it's just not something most coaches are like, yeah, like we're winning games, we're doing really well. Let's, mm-hmm. let's bench him. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And like I said, flipped Donato and Johnson. Donato was the two, Johnson was the three. Now it's flipped. I wonder why. Yeah, maybe those guys just played better with Becker that way. I'm not sure. Yeah. Exactly. But Becker's been everything you could want. Um, the only knock against him is that he's a freshman point guard, and sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you never know how those guys perform, but he seems to be performing fine. So uh, playing in a tough conference, I mean, yeah, just so much, so much talent. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. They sh- yeah, this matchup looks like it's in the bag, but we'll see. Uh, let's look at the next matchup. We got San Francisco, the Golden Gators, going up against Idaho Falls Potatoes. Um, the Golden Gators, they won Conference 29 tournament and uh, regular season. Um, Idaho Falls got in as an at-large team. They got Killian Veith, the Power forward freshman shooting sixty three point seven percent true shooting on di- almost sixteen shots, so that's nice. Um, San Francisco spread the ball around a little bit more, um, starting two seniors, two juniors, a little undersized, but um, you know you can't can't argue with sixteen and two. Um, it's a pretty good record. Uh, lost a couple early ones, one to Galveston, one to. Uh, San Jose, and since then, um, they've rattled off, what is it, um, 14 straight wins? And it doesn't look like many of them were very close. Uh, so every one of them was by double digits until they beat Scottsdale by two points um, today. So uh, real quick, San Francisco is number seven in true shooting eight in defensive true shooting, four in true shooting margin, number seven in defensive points, number nine in point margin, number seven in defensive free throws allowed, number, yeah. So that, and then um, Idaho Falls is number three in rebounding margin, number eight in points, number eight in free throws attempted, number three in true shooting. Um, yeah, so looks like it should be a good eight, Eight nine matchup. I like it. 
Yeah, yeah. Who knows what to make of these teams, honestly. I mean, their strengths of schedule are 240 and 236. And yeah. they're both they're both 16 and 2. So they've done what they had to do. Plus combined uh, four games. Yeah. yeah, right. San Francisco won conference 29 in the regular season and then won the conference tournament, you know, so did exactly what it had to do. Uh, Idaho Falls, a little different. Conference 22 was owned by Colorado Springs this year. Uh, Idaho Falls didn't win the championship of the regular season or the conference tournament, but did split with Colorado yeah. Springs. You know, so they kind of looked like they were on their level and just played a much weaker non-conference schedule and, you know, weren't able to, I mean, they would have lost the power ranking tiebreaker there. And that's why they have a low power ranking relatively for a 16 and two seat team heading into the NTT. Um, you know, one of the biggest differences between these teams, I guess, is the upperclassmen talent that San Francisco has uh, two senior and two junior starters. Uh, whereas it's for Idaho Falls, two freshmen and two sophomores. So, you know, sometimes the margins can be thin that, me looks like it could be an edge for San Francisco. Um, both teams have a lot of balance. Six guys averaging in double figures per 30 for San Francisco. Eight for Idaho Falls. Uh, point guard through power forward, both starters and backups, all averaging double figures per 30 minutes. So I, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, Idaho Falls is a little more impressive on the stat sheet. As I say, a little more upperclassman talent for San Francisco. So could be could be real even. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, San Francisco had their hiccups early. Idaho Falls had their hiccups late. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, six, seven fr- freshman point guard, um, Joseph Thomas. I think the guy's a stud. I saw him in high school. I really, really liked him. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think their freshman class is um, very underrated, but but. Um, yeah, I, I think it should be a good matchup. I, I like Idaho Falls, though. I think I like the way their team's set up. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Real quick, you mentioned uh, that San Francisco had their stumbles early and Idaho Falls late. It's true. I mean, both teams have a 14-game win streak. Idaho Falls started 14-0 and mm-hmm. then has stumbled a little bit, and San Francisco has won its most recent 14 games. So, yeah, I mean, San Francisco has the active streak. But, yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, next up, we got the Lubbock Lights going up against the Rockford Files. Lubbock, um, coached by Coach Spartan, 17. Um, he's got that junior class 3-2 with uh, Bailey Whitehead and Kenneth Lovett, both scoring over 20 points a game with 61 and 55% true shooting. Um, Lovett's more of a passer and a defender. Um, yeah, and then they got... They got Shorty over there, Jeremy French, um, who's scoring 15.5 points per game, 62.1% true shooting. Um, they didn't play a great schedule, so uh, they they played pretty cake throughout the year. Lost to Laramie, lost to Lincoln, but only by eight. So, like you said, like a lot of unknown with that. Lubbock is um, number seven in steals number six in true shooting and then um, Rockford is number six in assist number nine in points um, and that's it and then Rockford uh, 11 and seven uh, the second to last team to make the tournament but they got some studs um, in their recruiting classes uh, Jeremy McCam a freshman uh you know, he hasn't been playing up to it. Like, he, he's got 10.8 assists, only two turnovers. Not shooting 
incredibly efficient, but you know he's got some skill there. Uh, Jonathan Upchurch, the sophomore, um, 20 points a game, 57.9. They shoot pretty efficiently for a team overall. Um, and you know, you know Future Star's a good coach, a great recruiter. He, he always figures out a way to find um, hidden gems, diamonds in the rough. And uh, he's, uh, yeah, it should be a good matchup. What do you think? I think this one's simple. I'm going with Rockford. I'm not taking. Yeah. I'm not picking against Coach Future Star in the first round in a winnable game, and I think this one is. They may be the underdog, according to the seed, and they've had a little bit of an up and down season. You know, they're eleven and seven, but they play in a very strong conference. Uh, they look like they might have more overall talent, but it's like I said, it's not so much about that. It's not really supposed to be so much of a knock on Lubbock. It's just respect to this Rockford program and what they've been able to do. Uh, you know, it's not like this team snuck into the NTT with, you know, no talent. They, they've, they've got the talent. They've got all five starters averaging in double figures. Uh, they're battle-tested. Lubbock really doesn't have an impressive win on the schedule. You know, as you mentioned, they have a pretty impressive loss, I guess. They lost by eight to Lincoln. Uh, mm-hmm. But in that regular season, unless I'm missing it, yeah, they have one win in the top 100. They have a win over Dallas, who's number 84. Uh, yeah. And then in, in preseason, they beat number 72, Cooperstown. So, you know, and and then by good margin, admittedly, in that game. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't really see it for Lubbock here. You know, they, they have the talented juniors, as you mentioned, uh, playing at shooting guard and small forward. Those guys are playing up to the class ranking. Uh, but I think Rockford may be the better team or at a minimum, it's pretty even. And I'm going yeah. with the pedi- I'm going with the pedigree. Yeah, fair enough. Um Next up, we got the five seed, the Wilmington Warlords, um, 17 and one. Uh, Matthew Pearson uh, shooting crazy, 23 points a game, 65.4% true shooting. Um, yeah, the senior, you know, playing his best basketball at senior year. Uh, Vicksburg, um, also not a great schedule, lost a few more games. Um, they do have a 618. Uh, freshman class in a 27-12 uh, junior class. The junior Renee Jones is is starting for them at point guard. 2.7 steals, 6.1 assists, only two turnovers. Um, you got those freshmen, Jacob Little and Jacob Stanford. Um, think, I don't know, I remember those guys um, from them. But they're, they're a little undersized there at the, at the big men position and then a little oversized at the at the uh, guard position, but, um, you know, they're work, they're working it. Let me look real quick. Wilmington is number four in rebounding margin. And that's it. And then, uh, yeah. And they actually have James Durant, um, playing point guard for them, a six, eight guy as well. So that's kind of interesting. Vicksburg is number uh, they're actually not top 10 in any statistical category. So what do you think of this matchup? I was going to point out that big point guard matchup. You got to it as well. 6-7 point guard for Vicksburg, 6-8 for Wilmington. Interesting to see. And especially on the Vicksburg side, Jones, the point guard, is their second tallest starter. Uh, yeah. They've got a 6-6 power forward and a 6-7 point guard. So yeah. I, I know I would be tempted to find somebody else to play that point guard position to let Jones play down low. Although I admit I don't know whether he can rebound at all. Uh, I mean, he's 
presumably a very talented player based on the class ranking, a 12-27 Hardwood Sim Hoops junior class. Um, and his overall numbers are very good. So maybe coach just figures like, you know, I'm going to put my best player at point guard. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this matchup. Wilmington, another team, you know, terrible strength of schedule, 216, but they're 17 and one. Uh, they've done what they need to do. Their only loss was in overtime uh, to Cooperstown, a team they beat uh, by 16 the first time they played them. So it's just very difficult to figure out how good Wilmington really is. No, you know, no sort of measuring stick games. Um, yeah. you know, the Cooperstown win is a nice one, but I don't think, unless I'm missing it, they have a single game, not you know, not just win, game against a team that is in the NTT. I think this will be the first game this season that they've played against a team that made the NTT, and it will come in, in the NTT, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Vicksburg doesn't have the greatest strength of schedule. In fact, it's even worse ranked overall, 229, but they at least have played a couple of teams. They played Huntsville, Huntsville, which is in the top 50. You know, they split with them. They played Camden, which is 62. So, you know, and they won that game. Um, it's, it just makes it difficult to figure out. You know, Vicksburg would appear to have the edge based on... They, the they did beat Annapolis um, a oh, right. seed by uh, 45. So that's... That's a, true. Annapolis in the... Or 35. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. 74-39, pretty tough to figure that out. I get it. But yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, Vicksburg. So Vicksburg has played a couple NTT teams, whereas Wilmington has not. So I, I, I don't really know what to make of the game. I think Wilmington has done everything it would be asked to do in this schedule. Conference 4 is another conference that has some history of outperforming its seed in the NTT. I think Albany has done that a couple times. Um, Vicksburg, uh, you know, from Conference 9, a team with some mixed success as well. So I I don't what have do any at the end of the season. Like you lose yeah. to Huntsville, lose to Jacksonville. They beat St. Martinville and uh, Hylia. And then they lose to Jacksonville again and then lose to Atlanta. Just best thing I can come up with is they didn't need those games, right? They won the yeah. conference nine regular season. Now they're in the conference tournament and it just didn't matter that much to them. So they let it go. But yeah, that is, that is not a great sign for them. Whereas Wilmington, has continued to roll, won the regular season, won the conference. Or it's a good sign because they got all the bad basketball out of it. Yeah, that's like, fair. It's like yeah. Sometimes sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm playing great, and then it's like, what happened when I get to the end? <laughs> you know, you go. I feel like you go in like little spurts and stuff like that, and sometimes it's like, oh, I played bad, so I know a good, a good swing's going to be coming here. Fair. It could be. I mean, they've lost four of their last six, though, overall. I know yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good. Yeah, I wouldn't like it if I were them. You uh, want to really, win. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's some good analysis. You want to win games, yeah. play bad, and still win games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I don't know. I and I feel like I've had seasons where early in the year we're rolling, and then something just shifts, and I can't, yeah. I can't really get it back. And I'm, I'm worried for Vicksburg that that could be the case for them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's look at um, the next matchup. We got the two fifteen matchup. Is that right? Is that next? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we got San Antonio, the uh, Trebadors, um, coached by Coach Warak. Um, you know, real solid, real solid squad. Last year they made the PTT, but something clicked this year, and um, putting Joseph Pruitt um, getting just a little size for them was really big. But Joseph Pruitt, William Essex, um, coming in, Pruitt, um, his shot. Fairly efficient. Let's see. If fair, fairly efficient. Twelve points, seven point six um, rebounds. Playing a little defense. 
Um, so, and they, they've won 15 and three, uh, lost a few games, lost to Omaha, um, once beat Omaha, beat Omaha twice. So those are huge wins. Um, and this is, we're back to, back to conference 24. So you've made your stand, um, and we'll see. I mean, it's a big stand because they have a lot of teams in the in the NTT, right? How many teams do they have? Do you know? Yeah, I think it's four because I think they lost Galveston. Galveston kind of tanked down the stretch. It looked like it was going to be five. Yeah, Galveston was maybe one of the first teams out, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're, I think they're 50, right? So, yeah, I think 49 got in on an automatic bid. 48 was the last team in. So, yeah, I think technically 50 was the first team out. So San Antonio is number nine in rebounding margin, number one in defensive three points allowed, number nine. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then Virginia Beach, the team they're playing, um, is number – well, Oliver Pritchett is the number two player in game score. Um, they're number two in defensive free throws allowed. Um, and that's it. Uh, but they're another team that they're, – they're a team that definitely doesn't play in a very uh, tough schedule. Yeah, that is for sure. Conference five is traditionally very weak. We talked about them earlier. Worst conference in the league this year. I'm sure they have been before. I don't know how many times, but certainly has been the case. This is the problem with my conference 24 take. I mean, I'm against conference 24, but they keep they keep be having the better team in these matchups. So I may need to rethink that. But uh, I, I just don't know how many of them are going to really make a deep run. San Antonio as a two seed. Basically, what I'm trying to say, right, is I think they're good. I just don't know that they're the 10th best team in the country yeah. it that way. I think they're good. I just, and even actually as a number two seed, they're overranked according to that yeah. power ranking, right? They're number 10. They should be. A I feel like that happens every year, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to. And probably because they have so many teams in the NTT. And right Aspen, the, conference. the number seven seed is, uh, Aspen, the number seven seed is a three seed. So. Wow. And in the same region. That's yeah, rough. No, so, that, yeah, of that's yeah. bulletin board material. So. Absolutely. No doubt. And look, you mentioned it about Virginia Beach. They're a guy. They've got a guy, right? You want to have a star. They have a star. Oliver Pritchett, uh, you know, his numbers look a little worse when you look per 30. So if we just quote him per game, 26.7 points, 9.6 rebounds, 2.1 steals, 1.5 blocks. So he's not just a one-way player. Yeah. Uh, also shooting over almost 50% from three, 49.3% uh, from three on almost four attempts per game. So the job, the mission is simple. San Antonio, right? Shut that guy down, you win. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Beach had a lot of opportunities early in the season in the PNTT to beat good teams, and they didn't really do it. Uh, they went one and five in the NTT or the PNTT with their one win against a team in Hershey that uh, did not quite make the NTT. Since then, they've been real good. Their only loss came earlier today, or I guess now yesterday, uh, in the conference tournament. Um, every other game besides that, they won since the PNTT. Their only decent-looking win in that stretch is against Knoxville, number 66. They won by five. So I, I do think San Antonio has to be a legitimate favorite here, uh, despite you know being known as the Conference 24 hater. I, I can't really pick against them in this matchup, but let's 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 wait till round two. Let's let's yeah. see what they end up with. And you know what? It always happens. We always have one or two, one and two seeds that end up falling. Yep. Yeah, this is put it this way. This is a vulnerable number two seed. Sorry, I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm just gonna say it, and they can conference twenty four can complain about me, but at least I'm at least I'm you know making some bold proclamations as opposed to picking every favorite and being complimentary of every team. They're they're a vulnerable number two seed that is a deserving NTT team. Put it that way. And you know what I say? You know I say this this you know 
we'll 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 get to the rest of the teams here, but I don't I, I wouldn't say that this region is necessarily very strong compared to some of the other ones. Yeah. At least at least I mean, but you also have Bakersfield, which brings it up a little bit. So um <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let's look at the next matchup. We have uh Albuquerque Atomics. You have your good friend Muhammad Williams playing for uh Albuquerque. You remember, um, yes. Yeah, he yeah. deserves to be playing. That's where he should be playing. Yeah. They they appointed him. <laughs> yeah. Uh um clearly for Albuquerque going up against Anchorage, the red, um, fourteen and four. Uh yeah, so let's look real quick. Albuquerque is um number seven in points. They're number one in free throws attempted. They're number one in assist. They're number two in turnovers. Um, so yeah, very big offensive team. Anchorage is number 10 in defensive three points allowed, and that's it for theirs. So, um, yeah, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like Albuquerque, right? I mean, you you mentioned it. Muhammad Williams is a guy that, I mean, it's really irrelevant. I didn't even end up putting putting any points on him. I just, I liked him so much in recruiting and thought like, oh, I should go for him, was going to go for him. Didn't didn't end up pointing him from my net, and then the smarter coach and McMire did, and had the clear lead on him. So I posted about it to say, "Congrats, that's a great clear lead." And you know he's had a good freshman season, not all world, right? Uh, the class ranking suggests that the Mags didn't think he's that good, but he is their leading scorer, uh, solid two way player, and it's not just him. They're they're a talented team. They have had a nice season. They had a pretty good little PNTT. Uh, we did manage to beat them in the PNTT. They also lost a close game to Boise, but they won their other four games, including against some teams that are in the NTT in Clearwater and Rockford, as well as Virginia Beach, whom we just talked about. Uh, and it's a strong coach, so I think this is uh, you know, a good team, playing well, just won the conference tournament. Um, Anchorage has talent as well, uh, has had a pretty good season in a tough conference in Conference 30. Doesn't really wow me, honestly, just looking at their schedule. I mean, they got beat by Yakima uh, both times they played them in the regular season. Did manage to beat them in the conference tournament handily. Uh, it's really their only win on the schedule that looks good, the one that they got to win the conference tournament. Um, beyond that, you know, they got crushed by a Camden team that is outside the NTT looking in. They lost that game 81-52. to 52. Uh, Split with Seattle. Seattle's number 76. So, you know, it's a solid conference, but... I, not totally seeing it from Anchorage, so I kind of like Albuquerque here. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we got uh, Aspen and Pueblo. So Aspen, um, fifteen and three, number seven, uh, thirty-one strength of schedule. Uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Barnhart, the freshman, scoring twenty-nine point six points per game. Uh, yeah, getting to the line a ton. Uh, that guy can score, that's for sure. Um, and you know what? They're playing tough schedule. They're playing tough teams. Every night they lost that one game to Boise, but other than that, they haven't lost since uh, the third the third game of the season. So they, they went through a very tough conference beating teams in the top 100. Um, I think almost every team except Keystone is in the top 100. I, think, I guess Denver's 101, but close enough, right? Uh, sure. We'll round up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Aspen, uh, Barnhart's number nine in game score. They're number two in free throws attempted. Um, 
and that is it for them. Uh, and then we look at Pueblo. Pueblo's got the they won conference twenty in the regular season. Uh, you know they got senior Justin Johnson, um, Isaac Allen, and Malik Green. All three of those guys um, do a lot for their team. Uh, you know they're definitely top heavy, but those players are playing pretty well. Not a great strength of schedule, but you know they're they won enough games to make it into the NTT, and they could be a dangerous fourteen seed. Uh, Pueblo is. Not top 10 in any statistical category, though. What do you think about this matchup? Committee tr- clearly trying to drum up some regional yeah. interest in this one, right? I mean, we have two Colorado squads, Aspen against Pueblo, from neighboring conferences. So, you know, not necessarily two teams that play each other that often, but I'm sure their fan bases don't care for each other. And they don't uh, recruit each other either, actually. Yeah, that's fair. You're right. They're not even in the same pod. Uh, despite being so close. I mean, I don't know how far of a drive Pueblo is to Aspen, I admit. Uh, Same same state. Yeah, yeah, right, same state. So it may may be a big state, but still. Uh, And just going on about the conferences a little bit, Pueblo, the fact, as you said, they won Conference 20 regular season. You know what that means? That means that Duluth did not win the Conference 20 regular season. Duluth also did not win the Conference 20 conference tournament. Duluth is not in the NTT, which means that Matthew Sullivan is not in the NTT. Uh, pretty remarkable to think that a guy like that with uh, as highly recruited yeah. as he was, as, as successful as he has been, I mean, he's been every bit as good as he was expected to be. Uh, that program has really just fallen off a cliff. I guess the luck has run out there for Coach Porter. I don't know. It's interesting to see, you know, he seems to be back on the message boards, Coach yeah. Porter. I don't know if you noticed that. He's posting in the Test League threads. Uh, I'm not even in the Test League, but I read those threads uh, <laughs> and I see him there. But he doesn't seem to be posting in League 31. I wonder why that would be. It's it's kind of curious. I'd like to see him come back. Uh, I mean, he's only he's only three years removed from a um, title. I know because Matthew Sullivan was a freshman, and they had Tippins, and they had other guys, and now they don't have those guys. They have Sullivan and a decent looking freshman, and Bradley Barrett, uh, whom I remember actually from recruiting. He looks pretty darn good, yeah. uh, and that is that. So yeah. Anyway, I shouldn't be talking too long about Duluth because they're not in the NTT, and they're not <laughs> certainly not in this matchup. Uh, Pueblo is. Everyone likes to talk about Duluth. That's yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's just it wouldn't be an NTT podcast without some discussion of Duluth. Uh, so good for you, Coach Porter. You're you're on the podcast. Uh, feel free to hit back at us. I'd, I'd love to. I personally, I enjoyed most of your antics on the message board. Not not necessarily all, but most. So come back. Uh, add some entertainment. Uh, anyway, as for these teams, Aspen just a really impressive season. I mean, Conference Twenty One, tough conference, active conference. Uh, Boise, good team. Aberdeen, a real tough team to get by. Uh, teams like Fargo and Denver, I know, are not easy outs. Uh, and Aspen has been the class of that conference, without a doubt. Wins the conference, wins the conference tournament, uh, has that really good senior class. You know, it's it's an undersized team. Uh, you know, there also is sort of a lot of scoring concentrated in that one position in Barnhart, the shooting guard, which maybe could make them vulnerable. If he gets shut down, that could potentially be a problem for them. Um, but I, I think they're good. I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt for the season that they've had. Um, Pueblo, a little more balance. Four guys averaging 15 or more points for 30 minutes in the starting lineup uh, and, and per game as well. Uh, you know, solid senior and junior classes. You mentioned Justin Johnson, the senior center, uh, 16.7 points per game, over 60% true shooting. 
So this is a good team in Pueblo, and it's it shows you that it's kind of unfortunate for Aspen that they got that three seed, as we talked about, despite being number seven. I think you'd rather be the two seed. You know, no disrespect to Virginia Beach, but I would rather play them than Pueblo. Um, and so I think Aspen gets by here, but, you know, Pueblo could present a bit of a challenge for sure. Yeah, in the next round, um, too, we got some tough teams. So yep, yep. speaking of that, speaking of Duluth, we got to talk about their rival, St. Paul, <laughs> yep. um, and Clearwater. So uh, St. Paul is ninth in three-pointers attempted. Clearwater is not top ten in any statistical category. Um, but, you know, you got two PNTT teams, uh, solid teams. Um, St. Paul, you know, they – They've been in the NTT the last, what, six, seven years? Maybe more, probably more. Um, yeah, going back to season 22. So, yeah, yeah one, two, three, four, six, seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, you know, you got, I mean, and you got solid guys. Um, and then you got other guys, like, on the bench, like Robert Ludwig that I lost a 1-1 tie that I would love to have on my team. But uh, Oh, I remember him. Yeah, wow, that's interesting to see him just playing 16 minutes yeah. a game. Yeah, he was starting last year, but um, I mean, he's got some talent. He's got to figure it out, um, you know. And you, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, they're scoring eighty-four points a game, but no one's scoring a ton. I feel like everyone just kind of chips in. They can all play defense. They can all shoot a little bit, and they got a solid team. Clearwater, you know, they um, they're scoring eighty-three point seven points per game. And they're more a little top-heavy with their starters. Um, so uh, Dave Wilson playing really well with 6.3 assists, 9.9 steals, uh, only 1.2 turnovers as a freshman, 17.4 uh, points per game, um, 56.7% true shooting. Uh, Javante Reynolds playing a little undersized center. Um, he's pretty solid, 59.3% true shooting, can 10.5 rebounds a game. Um, this should be a pretty good matchup, I think. What do you think? Absolutely. I agree. I mean, two of the best coaches in the league, without a doubt, two really you know successful programs historically. And it's an interesting one to take a look at. And it's another one where the struggles for these teams have been polar opposites in terms of when they occurred. Yeah. I mean, Clearwater was really hurting earlier in, early in the year. They started one and four after a one and two preseason. Uh, so it just, it did not look like this was going to be an NTT season for them, but now they haven't lost since a couple yeah. over, couple overtime wins in there, but still, you know, they're undefeated starting in game six. So it's that 13 wins in a row. Um, and with some wins against some pretty good teams, I mean, they blew out Ocala, which is in the that tournament. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Number, number 22, uh, 95 to 64 win in their only matchup against them. So that's impressive. Um, some, you know, they just won the conference tournament. They beat a Myrtle Beach team in round two, which snuck into the NTT as the last team in. Uh, but I, I have to think they may be a year away, right? They've got the 234-242 Sim Hoops Hardwood senior class. As I say, Coach JD, certainly one of the best in the game. I would imagine they could be a force to be reckoned with next year. I would not be at all surprised to see another very good recruiting class. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're kind of a year ahead of schedule, I think, right now. Um, especially if they can bring in some size, they could be really tough to contend with next year. As of now, they've got great balance, uh, you know, good overall balance scoring, uh, you know, play some solid defense as usual. I think St. Paul is probably the better team for now. Uh, they certainly have the far better senior class. They have struggled more of late. As I mentioned, Clearwater was, was doing uh, not so well earlier in the year and has been much better lately. 
Uh, St. Paul started 8-0, then took a blowout loss to Rockford and really hasn't recovered. Um, has lost three of their last five games, including another blowout. They lost in the second round of their conference tournament to Cleveland, a team that, to be fair, is in the NTT. Uh, mm-hmm. But they lost 100-69. to So, you know, yeah. they're certainly not playing well. Although, to their credit, then in the consolation bracket, they played the number one seed in that conference tournament, a team in Joplin that, you know, surprisingly won that conference, and they blew them out 88-62. to So despite the recent struggles, I I see St. Paul as the better team in this matchup. Uh, Watch out for Clearwater next year for sure, but I I think St. Paul has the edge here. I had no idea Joplin won their – I know. You would never expect that. It's really strange. I mean, based on their history and the fact that they're 109 in the power rankings. And, I mean, Joplin lost two blowout games in the conference tournament. They lost 104-57 to to Joplin – to Rockford, excuse me. I mean, they almost lost to Memphis. (laughs) Yeah, in the first round, and then 88-62. So – yeah, uh, the ball bounced their way a couple times in the regular season. Now they're in the NTT, but uh, surprising to see them win that conference. Yes, there's four, team, four teams yeah, in, yeah. The, yeah. in the conference, so that's pretty You're good. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, how much stock do you put into like one team doing horribly and one team doing great in the PNTT? Um, I don't know. It depends who they play, really. Yeah, yeah. Know? I mean, it really depends. And like I said, in Clearwater's case, I have to believe they've figured, again, great coach, right? So they're getting yeah. better. As, they're going to get better as the season goes on. Uh, I don't think it's just a matter of playing better competition early and then bad competition late. You know, I think they're probably figuring some things out. And you look and, at you look at St. Paul's schedule in the PNGT, it's, I mean, his losses to me. And I was, I guess, the highest ranked team on his, uh, on his schedule. So he went 5-1, and one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and some of those wins look better at the time than they do now, right? right? Guess, they beat, yeah, I and mean, they beat Duluth, which I guess is the highest ranked team. They beat yeah, them, I, but I, we, we know they we know they own Duluth anyway. Uh, yeah. They beat they beat Fremont, which at the time was like, whoa, Fremont defending champ. But unfortunately for them, they never figured it out. They're eight and ten out of the NTT. Uh, that was a two point win, so that doesn't look so great for St. Paul right now. So, admittedly, yeah. on on resume on schedule, St. Paul doesn't really have it. Um, but I guess I'm just trusting the talent they have, the size advantage they have. Um, I, I, I think they are the better team in this game, but certainly it should be a tough matchup for both teams. All right. Well, let's make our picks. Um, I got Bakersfield over Idaho Falls. I got Rockford over Wilmington. Bakersfield over Rockford for the top. Um, and then for the bottom, I got... Pueblo, I'm going to take Pueblo in an upset. Um, I'm going to take Clearwater over St. Paul. Clearwater to the Sweet 16 facing San Antonio. Uh, you have to go against me. You have to stick with Conference 24. We need to have this dynamic where you love Yeah, I'm going to take San Antonio to the uh, to the Elite Eight, but I think the buck stops there with uh, Bakersfield. Yeah, yeah. Up. Sure. So I'm certainly taking Bakersfield in the top. I like the Rockford pick. I'm with you there uh, as their Sweet 16 matchup. I don't I don't love either Wilmington or Vicksburg, but um, we'll, we'll have to see on that one. Wilmington is a team that at least has the potential to be better than we think because, again, they just haven't played anybody. Yeah. So we, don't, we don't know. I wouldn't be too surprised if they turn out to be to be good. But I like, I, I'm with you on Rockford, and certainly I'm with you on Bakersfield to win that top half of the region. Uh, I think you're really disrespecting Aspen in the bottom half. I feel bad for them. Uh, I mean, this is a team that has just done everything it was supposed to do in a good yeah. conference. 
Yeah. And, you know, they don't have the height, but they do have some talent. They've got senior talent. Uh, they won't really have to worry about a, you know, a taller small forward, right? Like they have a six, four small forward, but in the second round, you know, if it's clear water, as you think it'll be, you know, six, five or six, four small forward there, that's fine. If it's St. Paul, six, five small forward and Taylor Ewing, unless Robert Ludwig comes in, which would be an interesting one. Um, so I, I think Aspen has what they need to get through there. And I think they'll play Albuquerque, not San Antonio, uh, in the sweet 16. And, you know, Albuquerque is, is good, but they're not like awesome. They have a six, six small forward, uh, as well. So I just don't know that the, whatever Aspen's weaknesses are, I don't think are going to hurt them. So, uh, I like them. I like them to get to the elite eight and lose to Bakersfield, of course. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was just looking at him like, and what happens if, uh, Barnhart like, or I know, I know, I know. but I looked at it. It's like he didn't have any bad games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes those guys, those guys can do it. You know, um, like what if he just has a bad game? And I'm like, wait, let's see if he had a bad game. Nope, he didn't have any bad games. <laughs> you know who might shut him down is Muhammad Williams. If they really yeah. do play Albuquerque, William. I mean, the, the reason I like Muhammad Williams is he's a two way player. He can score and he can defend. He, uh, yeah, he did have a couple. Yeah, games but they're still not that bad <laughs> yeah so. so i mean look they're just they're a tested team that won the conference regular season and tournament so i want to yep. give them some respect yeah conference 21 has so much uh success in the tournament <laughs> i'm just messing yeah. no you're uh, right you're right i know hey, i'm glad you brought that I, I meant to bring that up during that matchup it's right conference 21 has a terrible history i talked about it earlier it's true uh not a, not a great sign for them but look Bar- just it's look a- at barnhart Bar- let's look at this schedule here game log here he has one game under 20 points. He had a 10-point game in a blowout win. Okay, they blew out Boise, the second-best team in their conference, 95-67. He didn't have to do anything in that game, 10 points. Yep. Every other game, 20 or more. He had 45 in their loss to Boise. Okay, so that's not the reason they lost that game. Nope. He had 31 in the loss to Brunswick, by the way, a team in the NTT. 37 in the loss to Allentown, another team in the NTT. So he hasn't been the problem when they've lost. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, we sure. really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there.